I want to introduce you to folk music band Draugablik from Sweden. They play songs of Norse mythology, the Viking Age, but more intriguingly, about the Dark Ages also known as the Migration Era, a dangerous time in Europe that helped seed the Vikings, who would appear some 500 years later. Draugablik is a Huno Gothic neo-folk band, and that's in reference to the Scythian-like Huns of Asia and the Goths of ancient Scandinavia. The Gothic tribes split and around half of them banded up with the Huns to bring down the Roman Empire, but that story requires its own episode. Here's a sample of Draugablik's song Serpents in the Mist. The band was also kind enough to let us include the full song with an exclusive not yet officially released music video at the end of this show. You can find Draugablik on any music streaming service, including Spotify and Apple Music. Just search Serpents in the Mist. Be sure to like and follow them on Spotify. Stay tuned after the episode to see the full video, Serpents in the Mist, from Draugablik. Back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guests are Miguel Mendonca and Philippe Ullens. First, a couple of announcements. The Forbidden Documentary needs your help. We are going to continue with production no matter what, but our travel at this point is going to be limited due to fuel costs and cost of everything else. Now, if you'd like to help in any way, anything is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to make a donation, you can go to supportfkn.com. We also have a PayPal link in the description. Anyone that donates $5 or more through supportfkn.com is going to get access to Corey Hughes' unseen research for his upcoming book about the JFK assassination. So amazing stuff in there. And we want to be able to come out across the country to visit with as many of you as possible. If you'd like to help in any other way, you can email me, ForbiddenKnowledgeNews at gmail.com. Also, if you have a business and you want to advertise with us, email me. That's ForbiddenKnowledgeNews at gmail.com. We have amazing pricing packages, and we reach a huge audience. Our website is ForbiddenKnowledge.News. It's the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. You're going to find awesome podcasts from our community. We're always available on Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, all podcast platforms, Rockfin is where you get our premium content, as well as all the premium content from every creator on Rockfin for only $10 a month. You just go to rockfin.com slash FKN plus or click the link in the description to sign up. You can also create a free account and get tons of free content, including all of our regular shows. Today, I want to welcome Miguel Mendonca and Philippe Ullens. 
Miguel worked internationally as a researcher, writer, and campaigner on renewable energy before becoming an independent researcher. He then published books on a range of themes including ETs, hybrids, disclosure, the social history of the UFO topic, wisdom, art, and creativity. Philippe Ullens has 20-plus years' experience with healing companies, and in 1998, he started following crop circles on the Internet. In 2006, he purchased the Hen Shop in Avebury, which is a shop based in the biggest stone circle in Europe and in the area where the most U.K. crop circles have appeared. He then began intensive flying above and photographing the crop circles. Miguel and Philippe, welcome. How you both doing? Great, thank you. Yeah, nice to be with you. Yeah, pretty well. Thank you both for coming again. I know we tried this before and we had some major technical uh, difficulties. The recording didn't go through, but I make sure today we're going to get this right. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Today we're going to be discussing your new collaboration of crop circle photography. And uh, now for the audience uh, listening to the podcast, if you want to go to Rockfin, YouTube, or Odyssey, you will be able to see these beautiful photos that we're going to be sharing along the way. Uh, they're amazing. The formations are incredible and uh, we're definitely going to get into some questions that I have about the possible nature of the phenomenon and uh, you know whether it's humans aliens or maybe something else entirely we're going to explore these aspects. Uh, Miguel has been on a couple of months ago and Philippe this is your first time on. Philippe just tell us a little bit uh, about your background and what led you to do this photography. Well photography has always been a hobby for me and a very important one uh, most of my life, my, let's say, serious professional life was focused on uh, um, healing and turning around companies and mainly factories. And I always had a serious need to um, be in nature to kind of compensate the hard side of, of the work. And uh, all of a sudden in 98, uh, I came into contact with crop circle images. And um, then in 2001, uh, one appeared that was absolutely stunning. And I thought, well, it's on the other side of the channel. I'm Belgian. So this had appeared in Southwest England. And I thought, well, if I don't go and see that, uh, I'm going to have a hard time facing myself in the mirror in the morning. I have to understand a little bit more about this. And uh, that's how I eventually ended up living in Southwest England. Very good. And uh, Miguel, what, what brought you to do this collaboration with Philippe? So... These days, I make music full-time rather than writing full-time. And one of the things that I like to do is to do collaborations with artists of all different kinds. And if I guess you can put a link to my YouTube channel in the description. And people can check that out. They can see that I've worked with painters and illustrators. There's people doing sculpture, tattooing, there's all kinds of different art forms in there. And as I was thinking about the next collaboration I'd like to do, uh, suddenly I got the image come to mind of Philippe's Crop Circles. And 
we'd known each other for a while, so I reached out to him. He was game. So I put this thing together, created a, a new piece of music inspired by it, and um, put it out there. And, you know, people seem to love it. And I don't know of anybody who's ever seen an image of a crop circle that has not suddenly had their mind surrounded by question marks. It's just one of those things that, as much as anything else in life, is, is powerfully um, inspiring of, of, of questions, ideas, perspectives on, as you suggested in the intro, you know, who might have made these and how and why, you know, these, these questions and why they pop up in certain places. I mean, we'll get into all of that today. Yes, we definitely will. And I'm very excited. These, like I said, these are beautiful pictures and they, they really paint a picture of how complex and grand scale that some of these images are and the, the complexity and the way that they were built. And, you know, from what I've heard, it doesn't even harm the, the crops, the way these crops have been laid down. Uh, I'm going to pull up the uh, first picture here. You have these in order of date. Um, now, do any of you want to speak to the, uh, the nature of these, like I said, it seems that there's no damage done to these crops whenever it's occurring. Um, what, what do you think about that? And do you have any uh, theories as to, you know, how this is done to where they're not damaged? Um, huh. The fact that the crop is, is uh, the stems are bended and they're not uh, cut um, they're bended by heat, and uh, but the heat is not enough to, to burn the stem. Uh, you would see at microscopical level, uh, you'll see a little hole because steam will come out. But the plant keep growing, and as long as it's, the circle is not trampled by visitors, there is no damage. Uh, the thing is, in Wiltshire, it rains a lot. There is a lot of mud. And uh, if you have a lot of visitors in a crop circle and that the directions are given poorly about where the people are supposed to walk, you get a lot of damage made by visitors walking on ripe grain and the grain will fall in the mud and there you lose it. Um, on the other side, if the farmer is uh, a little smart and he puts a kind of honesty box and... Uh, bolted quite securely to a huge piece of concrete, uh, he'll eventually make uh, as much money, if not more, with a crop circle on his field than, than without the crop circle. Right. That, uh, that's very interesting. Now, I pulled up your first image from 2001 uh, Milk Hill. And this is very intricate and beautiful. Uh, I know that there's a little bit of story behind each of these. Uh, what, what could you say about this first one? Well, this is the only one that is not one of my pictures because uh, I wasn't coming to the UK at that point yet. As I told you earlier, uh, this appeared on the 15th of August 2001 uh, on Milk Hill. And uh, this is for me the most stunning crop circle that ever appeared. There's 409 circles. Uh, you see the complexity of the drawing. 
um, you see something like that and you kind of wonder, wow. Um, if you take uh, July and August, the moment there are crops, uh, nighttime is about four to six hours. Um, it doesn't leave you much time to do these 409 circles with such a perfection. And um, the beauty of it is absolutely stunning. Um, the size of it is stunning as well. Each track of tractor is separate from the next one by about 25 meters, meaning that we have a circle here, a drawing of about 300 meter in diameter. Uh, it's huge, it's beautiful, it's complex. Uh, all these spirals are just wow. Uh, what can you say? I mean, this is the first one where I thought, um, I'm Belgian originally, and I thought, well, next summer, I have to go to Wiltshire and start looking at these because um, there is a brain, there is a soul behind it. And uh, it's amazing. It's totally untypical of what we normally see on this planet. Yes, definitely beautiful. Anything to add to that, Miguel, before we move to the next image? Only that um, the point Philippe raises about the construction of these is, is one that certainly bears repeating and, and bears some consideration where people have, there's certain people that are much more comfortable with the idea that all of these are human made. But as Philippe suggests, to do this in pitch darkness in about four or five hours and not get discovered, have, I mean, with no lights, I mean, you would, you would have to have night vision gear and what else? I mean, what possible equipment could humans have that could create this in that amount of time? I mean, if, if there was such a thing, I would be absolutely fascinated to see that because even that, I would say, would be quite an extraordinary accomplishment if we'd come up with the kind of technology that could create this and simply lay down the crops using heat alone and again you know you find these these nodes on the plants that can be blown by heat so it's it's pretty clear that there is something else at work here i mean i don't know of people who would be able to work with some microwave technology or for the or for the purpose of what i mean for humans to create this what could be the purpose Sure, you could say it's art. Absolutely. You could say it's there to shift our consciousness. And I think that's a topic that we'll return to as we look at some of the other images. Check out our friends at Linguistity Gifts. Linguistity Gifts is a metaphysical store offering natural gemstone bead bracelets, signature and zodiac, designed and made in the United States, as well as raw and polished stones crystal balls, pendulums, tarot cards, natural crystal points, wands, and so much more. Their beautiful signature design bracelets can aid with creativity, balance, focus, and well-being. They can even customize the bracelets for you 
just send them an email to find out pricing and availability. Visit their website using the link in the description or visit linguistitygifts.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your first order over $20. And right now they are offering $5 off the purchase of two or more bracelets. Linguistitygifts.com Yes, definitely. Uh, this is is definitely shows the intricacy and the the grand scale of of some of these. It's quite incredible. Now, while we're speaking of to the possibilities of what could have made these, uh, while I pull up the next one, I know that um, you've told me a story about uh, a Barbara Lamb. She's actually told me the same story, and I've had others that uh, have witnessed orbs in the fields that could be somewhat responsible for these. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, there is one video available of two orbs about the size of a football uh, turning around a field and, and the crop circle appearing progressively. Uh, I went to a lecture made by a woman who was supposed to um, say if this video had been manipulated or not. And she said, the more I look at it, the more I, ha I have the impression that it's really genuine. Uh, but um, whoever is doing these crop circles is pretty smart about... Uh, not being discovered. Uh, there is a group of Europeans, mainly Dutch, who've put a lot of equipment in the fields of Wiltshire to try to capture one of these circles being created. And um, there was no conclusion on their side. Um, they didn't catch anything. So... Uh, Smart guys. Yeah. Now, can you see the next image I have here? Yeah, that one is, is the first time I saw it, I thought, okay, these are kind of dolphins. But actually, it's yeah. a fairly technical drawing. You have uh, a kind of loop with arrow indicating it in which direction it's rotating. And exactly at the middle between the two arrows, there is a kind of propeller uh, turning and uh, all this is, is done in 3D. Now, um, for people who are used to do technical drawing, this is a, a very interesting and not so simple uh, 3D drawing and doing that with a piece of paper and a pencil would not be easy. Just imagine at night in a field uh, with a fair amount of mud. Uh, I don't know how you'd do that. That's incredible. Uh, what do you think about this one, Miguel? Well, as Philippe said, I think that anybody looking at that um, I think the first, I, you know, we're kind of pattern recognition computers, aren't we? In, in terms of the way our minds work, we kind of look to identify things very, very quickly to figure out, you know, is this good for me? Is this bad for me or otherwise? And 
And I think most people are going to see fish in this. They're going to see that kind of thing. And then at least because that's, that's quite striking on the outside and you've got all that movement. And then the inside, you have this propeller and what the meaning is. I don't know. As I look at that, I just get that sense of energy that Mm. both of these things are in rotation in kind of counter rotation I mean, I would, boy, with every one of these, whoever created it, I would love to sit down with them and hear their their version of the meaning of this. For sure. Now, uh, do you think that there are underlying important messages that are coming from most of these circles, something that we should be paying attention to? Well, some of them, it's fairly clear. We'll see later on. Uh, For instance, the one that appeared on the 8th of August 2008, um, there the meaning is is fairly obvious, and some others we'll see tonight, it's the same story. Uh, For many others, um, I don't have any uh, specific explanation, but I'm not uh, a specialist of sacred geometry. Um, On the other hand, What is for me quite essential is um, if we think about beauty in our world, beauty is often quite attractive and generates some kind of inner joy. And I photographed a lot of things in my life. I mean, I remember photographing in Namibia a, a kind of very young giraffe, and she had some of the most amazing eyes I've ever seen. And You look at those eyes and this young giraffe trying to hide herself behind a tree and and you kind of melt inside the way I I melt when I look at some of my grandchildren smiling. Um, Well, crop circle had such an incredible power on me because of their beauty. You fly above the lovely landscape of Wiltshire in the morning and you see this huge drawing that is beautiful And you just say, wow, I mean, getting a free lunch for beauty on this planet is quite unusual. Uh, And uh, especially in nature. I mean, I can understand that that the farmer feel, uh, many farmers feel disturbed that it would happen on their private property without their permission. Um, And and I totally understand that. Except for that point, I mean, this is free uh, and it's beautiful and it's just wow. I mean, I've never seen anything like that anywhere else on the planet. Yeah. And as we're looking at this one, the, this uh, is another one that shows the sheer size and, and massive scope of these. They're bigger than multiple, multiple, very large buildings and houses. Uh, and there, I think there's three different ones in this image, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're hiding the third one, which is beside actually your image, Chris. Uh, But uh, what's interesting is that the three of them are around the village or rather the stone circle of Avebury. Avebury is located 20 miles from Stonehenge and is part of the same World Heritage Site and is the biggest stone circle in in, uh, Europe. 
you have uh, you had originally about a hundred stones around the circle. Uh, then you had a ditch and a bank, and uh, part of the village was within the circle, as you can see. Now, what's interesting is that 40 to 50 percent of the crop circles in the world uh, appeared within 30 miles of this village. And sometimes, as you can see here, you get three of them right around the village. Uh, now, the question is, why? Um, this village, no, rather this stone circle was placed, I think, on purpose on some of the most uh, special and intense energy light on this planet, ley lines, as we call them here. And um, for me, that explains the stone circle and that explains the crop circles as well. Right, this is beautiful. Uh, anything to add for this one, Miguel? Uh, no, other than simply the observation that for three images, for three formations to appear at the same time in the same place, again, when we talk about meaning, you have to wonder if this is made by some other intelligence, let's say, or even if it's, it is inspiring humans to create it, even if these these images are being channeled through human makers. You wonder what the meaning is when you put multiple crop circles in the same area. And again, of course, these are unanswerable questions in many ways, but I guess that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Is there meaning in the collection of certain formations in the same time and place? Yes, indeed. This is very simple. That's the crop circle that you couldn't see because it was behind our images on the screen. Okay. Very good. Uh, it's the same view of the village, but seen from the other side. And you see the perfection of the circle of Avery, but you also see the perfection of the crop circle facing Avery. And when you fly above that, uh, I mean, Unavoidably, there is a sense of, wow, uh, yeah, who the hell is able first to do something like that, then can imagine something like that, and, and what's the purpose? And, I mean, this is so unusual on the planet. The only thing I know that looks a little bit like that are the Nazca line. Yes, that's extraordinary. And I remember last time you were on, you were saying that the phenomenon may have slowed down or isn't appearing as much as it used to. Is that correct? Yeah, I think um, our planet is going now through a period of intense transformation. And my intuition has always been, no, has been in, in the last year that, uh, crop circles are there to help actually the planet in its evolution. And um, the transformation of the planet started in the late 80s and has been going on now for 30 years, a little more. And um, 
the crop circle intensity um, was very much parallel to the evolution of the planet. Um, it kind of grew in beauty and size in number between the early 80s up to, uh, let's say, 2000. Then as of 2000, it, went, it declined progressively till 2012, and which was a, a quite important year at a different level. Uh, and since 2012, we keep getting a few. Some of them are very beautiful, but we don't get as many. And um, I think in many ways, the planet doesn't need them anymore. Uh, it got what it needed. And so we still have a bit of leftovers, sometimes some very pretty leftovers. But um, yeah, the need is not as big as it used to be. Uh, what are we looking at on this one? Well, this one is, is very simple. It's kind of yin-yang. Um, it's part of the beauty of, of crop circles. On the right-hand side, you have um, uh, a copse of beech tree. And in the middle of a field where it's quite white because the ground is, is quite chalky here. Uh, and that field has already been uh, plowed. So the natural color of the earth is, is quite visible. Now, in the middle of that copse is a round barrow. Um, Avebury is a huge temple with a dolmen, with two long barrows, with a big number of round barrows all over the area. And there is a stone circle in the middle. The whole site is many miles wide. And this is one of the cups. And right in front, you have um, the answer to the cups. You have the crop circle. Very simple design. Uh, very simple design of the cups. And it's very much, uh, yeah, I find it beautiful image. It is very. Uh, anything to add for this one, Miguel? I think the thing that strikes me in particular about this is, of course, initially, it's beauty, the phenomenal symmetry, the wonderful balance of the image as a piece of art. But secondly, I think of the circles and I think of the meaning of the circle, at least for myself, I see the circle as representing wholeness. And in particular, I imagine you could go a long way through the galaxy to find a place whose people are as disunited and as disharmonious as ours. And it seems ever more so. It just seems, you know, to be going wildly out of control in so many places that the hate and the division that exists in people, the the paranoia, the fear, the mistrust, the xenophobia that exists, the outright racism, and never mind all the other issues around uh, phobias and hatred around gender and sex. So between one thing and another, it feels like here is a species of, of being that is absolutely crying out for unity and wholeness 
And so this is the thing that keeps coming back to me when I look at these circles, particularly this one, because it is so simple. And it is just that repeating, those repeating circles. And in that, I just get this sense of, of unity and oneness and family. Now, is there any other commonalities amongst all these crop circles that you that you've noticed or that you found amongst your research? And I want both of you to speak to this. Commonality. I mean, I would think uh, size is huge, and there's an element of perfection to it. Um, Miguel and their line right now, the circle aspect of it. This is a total exception to the rule. And uh, it, it makes me smile. Now, when you were a kid at school, you were probably asked to use your ruler to draw parallel lines. And if you draw a sequence of one, two, three, four parallel lines, eventually the fifth one is not any more parallel to the first one. Uh, it's, it's very difficult to stay perfectly disciplined and doing parallel line. Now, if you look at this one, this one is completely crazy. Just try to do that at night uh, on a width of 100 meter uh, with a team of people at five hours time and keep all your lines perfectly parallel. I mean, good luck. Um, the, the most amazing photographer of crop circle is a guy named Steve Alexander. And really, I have a lot of admiration for him. And, and Steve was telling me that he started to photograph the, the crop circle in the early 80s. And by the middle of the 90s, people had the gut feeling that something was going to happen, that a point of contact was on the verge of happening between humans and something else. And then all of a sudden, a massive effort of disinformation was brought into the picture. Two guys named Doug and Dave came out of a pub one evening and said the crop circle were all doing them mm. with a plank and a rope. Well, if you're coming out of a pub with, you know, a pint or even half a pint too much beer and you have to do a drawing like this one, uh, good luck, especially if you're only two and you have five hours of nighttime to do it. Yeah, that's quite extraordinary. Anything to add or to speak to the commonalities, Miguel? The commonalities, it's difficult to say in that you can see in this that there are certainly things that buck the trends. There are many, many examples of, of formations that are not circular, that have very different characteristics to them, some that seem almost like language. Some, one famously, Crabwood in Hampshire, is a binary code, which translated had a specific message in English with an image, a fantastic kind of 3D rendering of a typical gray type ET. So for all the commonalities that one could suggest, it seems there is always more imagination out there in the makers. Like something like this, 
I think from the early days of crop circles, probably people didn't imagine we were going to start seeing this strange kind of warped geometry. Mm. But all of it, I feel inevitably just invites more questions and open questions because they're so difficult to answer. I mean, I know that some people have been tried in court for creating crop circles. This is something I've come across. So it seems like there are people out there with skills, uh, but which ones they have admitted to making, I do not know. I mean, I've never talked to anybody who has said I've made a crop circle. Mm. I have these techniques or those techniques, but it seems like all the time, if you look over the body of work that Philippe has produced, and I guess you can put a link to the major collection of, of his work that is on uh, one of his websites, Yeah, people can go through all of that and try and answer for themselves whether they think that all of these were made by humans again in the dead of summer night which is only four or five hours trying to create these things i mean it to me it boggles the mind like philippe said i mean i couldn't imagine being able to draw this with you know paper and pencil let alone somehow produce this with this kind of strange heat technology in the middle of the night. It's just, that yeah. makes no sense to me. That's what I was going to say. It seems like this would definitely require a level of technology that doesn't uh, seem like it would align with uh, a couple of uh, guys having fun after a night at the pub, you know, uh, it seems like much more uh, difficult and, and much higher level of technology than uh, I've ever, you know, been witness to for sure. Sure. Anything else to add to this, uh, Philippe? Well, just it's this is one circle in which I went before flying above it. And we were four of us uh, walking in there and kind of wondering, what are we walking in? We, we couldn't create ourselves an image of what this crop circle looked like from the ground because the crop circle is... Uh, 25, 50, 75 years is about 125 meter wide. And, um, and, and you just don't see in what you are. And then I flew above it. And if you take the three axes and look at the symmetry uh, uh, versus those axes, the drawing is just perfect. Uh, there's not a single mistake. <clears throat> so yeah. yeah i mean it's just 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 try to do it good luck yeah it's extremely impressive i'm gonna pull up the next one here now uh you were mentioning earlier that the 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 stone circles may have some kind of connection to that i don't know if you if you have done any research or if you'd like to speak a little bit more onto that just a few words. I mean, I, I came to this part of the world because of Crop Circle and, and basically because of their beauty and the joy I had from looking at them. Uh, they're extremely uplifting and, and joyful and beautiful. And um, then I discovered that they were focused around a village, which is actually a stone circle. Now, in that stone circle, there are a few stones that weigh more than 100 tons. 
and they come from a field of stone that is about four miles away. Now, supposedly they're at least 5,000 years old. Um, who the hell was able to move a hundred ton over five of uh, four miles uh, 5,000 years ago? Um, it's the same story for Stonehenge. The main stone of Stonehenge are coming actually from Westwood, which is a beach free wood, uh, not far from Avery. And they have 20 miles to cover to go to Stonehenge. Uh, these stone weight between 20 and, and 40, 45 tons, uh, and there are many of them. Who was able to move them on, on 20 miles using what technology? So, yeah, crop circle raised question, but actually stone circle raised questions that are as big. The other thing is both, I think, are linked to ley lines. Um, a human being has a main line of energy that goes from the tip of his skull to the tip of his sacrum, and there's seven chakra on from from one side to the other. Now the planet is um, round, and in most description, there's two perpendicular circle. Uh, going around the planet that are the two main ley lines, the two main lines of energy of the planet. And uh, one of them passes by the center of the village of Avebury. And uh, these ley lines are made a bit like an electric wire um, with two uh, lines of energy, a masculine, a feminine, a positive, a negative, whatever you want to describe them with. And um, the two cables don't touch each other, except in the UK, they touch each other. I mean, I don't think they touch because we'd have sparkle, but they're on top of each other in two places. One is Glastonbury, uh, which is a rather special place. And the other one is Avebury. And um, it so happened that the crop circles are really focused for 40% of them. And that's a lot of crop circles. They're focused around Avery at the level of the planet. And um, I think that's very much linked to the ley lines and the fact that uh, the heart, the, 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 the earth chakra we have here is a fairly fundamental one for the planet. That would make a lot of sense. Uh, now, this one that we're looking at now, I love this because you can see the massive scope and you can see the tiny little people in that circle in the middle. And it just shows how huge this circle is. And I've never been able to walk through one, but I'd love to. And I've heard that you can actually feel a different type of energy when you're inside some of these circles. Is that correct? Some people are sensitive to that, others aren't. You have all kinds of strange phenomenon like uh, cameras stopping to function, uh, watches um, being not exactly uh, at the same time when you come out of the circle as when you came in, um, or yeah, being uh, not exactly... Um, apparently in the same time system when you're in the circle. Uh, 
now this one is interesting also because on the 7th of the 7th, 2007, in the field next to this one, happened a huge crop circle. So uh, people were ready for the 8th of the 8th, 2008. And right beside this circle, there is a hill, uh, the same hill on which appeared the first crop circle we saw, the one of 2001. And on that night, 400 people were on that hill expecting this crop circle to happen. They had night vision equipment, they had soup, they had uh, all kinds of stuff to survive the night comfortably. And um, it's not possible to imagine that, you know, 10 people uh, would be able to make the crop circle we see here in the field underneath that hill without those people seeing it. Yeah. Uh, now, very interesting, when I first heard that we were getting an eight on the 8th of the 8th, 2008, I thought this is a stupid joke. But then you see the 8th, it's not your common 8th. Um, and it's one of uh, the crop circle where you can maybe say a few things. Um, if you look at the two circles, they have arrows. One circle, the arrows are pointing inside. And the other circle, the arrows are pointing outside. So it seems the two circles have a different energy, a bit like a, a yin-yang phenomenon. Yeah. One circle is yin, the other one is yang. And it's a bit like if they were describing two polarities. Now, in sacred geometry, one and in, in uh, psychoanalysis and, and human development, a generally accepted principle is that each human being has positive side or light side and, and dark side. Now, the not-so-smart thing to do is to reject your dark side. And apparently, the smartest thing to do is to accept both of your polarities, the light one and the dark one. And if you're in the center and accept both, you will get to another level, the center will raise, and you'll reach another level of spiritual development. And I think that's exactly what this circle illustrates. The center is very complicated and very sophisticated, and all the people uh, actually on this image are in the center. And if they can accept both their polarities, uh, they'll be at another spiritual level. Yeah, that is great. Uh, anything to add in or any thoughts on that one, Miguel? The thing that comes up for me when I look at this one is particularly the people in the center. And it takes me back to my first experiences of crop circles, which was with Barbara Lamb, my uh, friend and, and colleague, co-author on Meet the Hybrids. She was over for what turned out to be her last visit here for 25 years straight. She was coming here from, from California every summer to hang out in crop circles. And it was the year that we were working on Meet the Hybrids 2015. And she took me to my first ones. And 
And I can definitely say that there is something very, very special about being in a crop circle. There just is a feeling that you are connecting with the makers and sure some of them are made by humans. There's no doubt about that, but there are some that I don't see how they could be. And they do feel different. I think each one has its own particular feeling, but again, each individual person is going to be different every time they go to any particular crop circle. So there's no way to scientifically um, create, you know, control groups for this because you can't even be your own control group because you're going to respond to each. Like it's like going to uh, an art gallery. You're going to respond to each piece of art differently because of the way that you are put together and the ways in which you respond to color and form and mood and scale and all of these things. So anybody going to a crop circle, every circle they go to, every formation is going to be its own unique experience. And and I could absolutely see why just going to one of them, the very first one, I could see why Barbara had been so compelled to fly, you know, halfway around the planet every year for a quarter of a century to spend time with these things because they're all unique and because they beg so many questions. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I have seen um, specials a few years ago where they're trying to recreate the crop circles using like planks and ropes and things like that. And usually they can't even come close to even quarter the size and a quarter of the symmetry and perfection that that these are. So you're right. This is, you know, some of these it's impossible for for it to be just us with some boards and planks out there. Now, what about this one here? Okay, this is uh, a touching crop circle for different reason. Um, first, we're told that systematically farmers don't like crop circle. Um, if you look at the bottom of the picture, you'll see the trail of the tractor harvesting this field. And very kindly, uh, he left the drawing uh, intact for a while. Um he, he just passed around it. Now, uh, I'm very grateful to him because it allowed me to take this, this lovely picture. Yeah. The interesting thing about this drawing is that it's a very uh, lovely drawing. There is a perfection to it that is mm -hmm. striking as often. And we've had crop circle that were positioned across two fields, and they were nevertheless... Um, full there was no part missing here we have a part missing and it's almost like if this green field on top was our reality and as if a new reality was progressively pulled from underneath the old one and mm. appearing and it's not completely there yet but it's already striking and uh I find this suggestion of a new reality being born uh, absolutely delightful. I mean, it's, it's delicate, it's smart. Uh, the fact of using the other field as, um, 
as you know the part hiding the new reality is you have to be smart to do things like that and uh, often crop circles are amazing yes this is definitely something else uh anything to add for this one miguel before we move on i just love philippe's take on that i just uh, who could do better than that it's just so interesting the way that it struck him, this idea that it's been pulled from under our our existing reality and it's been sort of drawn into the light for our to add to our awareness. But I mean, I went to one uh, that same summer, 2015, which was a fairly reasonably sized image and it was just so interesting to hang out in the kind of the tent where they were taking um they were taking monies contributions from the public to hang out in this field to you know as as philippe suggested to compensate the farmer and just to hang out in that tent where people were signing the guest book and to read all the different things that people were writing to see where these people were from in the world and to listen to people swapping, uh, discussing all these same questions, who made them, how and why. And there's so many different versions. And one guy made a statement that everybody fell silent and pondered hard and it was, he said, after all these different ideas of who was making them and how and why, from, you know, the fairly esoteric to the sort of standard to the, the skeptical. And then one fella said, well, I consider it a possibility that it was created by somebody sat on that hill overlooking the fields who just projected their consciousness and created it with their consciousness. And there was the one thing, the one comment or perspective that made the whole tent full silent. And it wasn't like people were smirking. Everybody was considering this deeply and so to me, those are the really interesting things that you get when you visit these things in person, because everybody is, is wondering these things. I mean, you get some old hands that they, they have heard it all. They've got many, many perspectives on what it might be. And then some people just don't want to talk. They just want to be left alone to hang out in these things and spend time with their own thoughts, with uh, whatever it is that they're feeling, whatever it is that they're thinking. And I guess the immediate thing that I consider and the thing that I did, the third one we went to that summer, oh, that the particular point in the day that we went, there was nobody else there. And it was so interesting to lie in this field and just feel like you are absolutely connected to the stars. That was the feeling that somebody had come here from somewhere else, however they'd traveled, however that works, and they had a message for us and they had brought this to us. And, you know, people talk about, you know, when will first contact happen? Will it ever exist? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, for people who have never touched the subject, who don't know anything about it, 
but it feels like this is one really important form of contact, which is, it is confronting, but it's not confrontational. It is impactful, but it's not aggressive. It is creating large scale beauty by methods that defy our imaginations and and the beings themselves, whoever is responsible, it's not like they have to be here. I feel that they're doing their job simply by creating these things and letting human consciousness try and catch up. I like that. Yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, And what about this one? What are we looking at here? Any thoughts on this? Okay, well... First of all, when I mentioned the site of Avery earlier on, I spoke about long barrows, round barrows, uh, stone circle, dolmen. I forgot to mention a pyramid. Um, Actually, this was um, uh, smart guys to find the, the treasure room in the pyramid had dug tunnels in this hill. And so it had to be repaired and fixed a few years ago. And um, it is a pyramid. It is a stone pyramid. And um, in my history courses in Belgium, nobody had told me that, you know, an hour drive from London, London, our ancestors were building pyramids. And actually, there were three of them. One is in Marlborough, uh, five miles from the one you're seeing. And the other one was a bit further, about, about 10 miles away. Um, and and kind of collapsed because people dug too many tunnels into it. Now, here you have a pyramid, human build, uh, and you have two crop circles positioned on different days, but with the pyramid right in the middle. Um, And here you see kind of the integration of the crop circles in the very ancient site of Avebury. And um, uh, when in, in summertime I'm lying in the stone circle of Avebury and I'm looking at the stars, I'm kind of wondering which stars is the circle facing. And um, there is a strong feeling that the site uh, is kind of beyond human scale in in many ways. Um, And uh, the crop circle integrates so perfectly in there. And this is one of the images where it's easy to perceive. Yes, definitely beautiful. Ah, I like this. We have a close-up of what the actual uh, result looks like here. Well, this is uh, this is not typical of every crop circle. Uh, here you have a phenomenon of weaving. Uh, there was a pattern clearly in the way uh, the cereals were, uh, the stems were woven together. And uh, it shows that, yeah, I mean, again, at nighttime, uh, with whatever technology, I mean, whatever human technology we don't have, uh, just try doing something like that. 
the other thing is that again it's lovely uh, mm. and uh, we'll see some later seen from the sky uh, and it's just so impressive yeah it seems to be even woven in some sort of intricate patterns uh, that's very interesting. And for those that are listening on the podcast, go check us out on Rockfin or YouTube or Odyssey, and you'll be able to see uh, these wonderful images as we go along. Um, anything to add to this, Miguel, uh, before we move on? And not too much. Just that this one in particular, for some reason, I don't know, it just makes me happy looking at it. I <laughs> yeah. don't know why. I, I have no idea. You know, I've seen this image a number of times, but seeing it on on blown up in this way, just thinking about the care that it took to create this. And again, it mm. sort of speaks back to uh, the point I raised earlier, which is that people are always changing it up. The makers of these things, somehow there is always some new wrinkle, some new technique and I guess you could say the same. I mean, it's incredible what humans have done with the same materials through the ages. Mm. You know, we, we put our imagination together, a sort of restless imagination that we have, these minds that we have that are always trying to find new ways to interact with our environment and to represent it and impact it for better or for worse. But for some reason, when I look at this, I don't know. It just gives me a, a strange kind of joy. Yeah. It makes me wonder if there are different types of intelligences that are actually performing this and not just maybe one species. That's why they have different techniques. That's very interesting to think about though. You've got to wonder. I mean, that's a really lovely question to try and get your mind around. I mean, if you think of, if you've seen light language, if you've seen, like I have a friend, um, Faye Vale, did, did you have yes. on the show? Yes, I've remember. had Faye on. Yes. Right. So in when she's channeling these, this artwork from these different beings, she's very aware when it is a different type of being. And some will, will give their names but often it's the fact that they have such specific styles. So they have authorship in the work that they are bringing through Faye. And so when you look at all the different techniques we've seen today, and we'll see a few others in the forthcoming slides, you can see that there, there does seem to be a variety of authors for these things, a variety of artists. That is fascinating. Now, what are we looking at in this one? Um, I know the, the one on the far end is kind of hard to tell exactly what the, the image is. Okay, we're, you're looking at all these. You're looking at phantoms. Uh, none of the crop circle, none of the three crop circles on this image are crop circle of the year the picture was taken. They're wow. all three crop circles or remnants of crop circles that were made a year earlier. Now, the one you see right in front of you where your arrow is, the field was harvested but not plowed. And the field was left as, as it was the previous summer. So a year later, you still see the drawing very, very clearly. The two other ones, you see uh, rapeseed flowers 
um, canola growing. And you see that the energy imprint of the crop circles the previous year was so strong that you see the drawing appearing again a year later in the new crop. These fields have been harvested, they've been plowed, uh, new seeds have been brought um, and have grown, and you still see the crop circle. Uh, so just imagine if this had been done, you know, with a, with a plank and a rope, uh, you wouldn't see anything a year later. Um, I think it's, it's fairly, yeah, it doesn't need much more comments. Yeah. Now, do, do either of you know if there's been any type of scientific testing on the grounds done, uh, on some of these, uh, crop circles? Yeah, there was quite a bit of it. The problem is um, a lot, I mean, crop circles were the source or the subject of very strong and specific disinformation. Um, and there are not many university teachers who would risk the financing of their position based on the study they do of crop circles. So a lot of those studies have had to happen uh, let's say uh, in in non-university uh, networks, which makes it often a little complicated. Yeah. Now this one here looks like a, a a gray alien smoking a pipe with these little tendrils coming off its head. <laughs> well, he's obviously you have an, a gray alien with yeah. a kind of Indian feather hat made oh, out okay. of planets or something like that and smoking a pipe. Um, what's interesting is that this crop circle is in near the Air Force, ba Air Force base of Lineham, uh, which was the main uh, landing base where all the coffins were coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, uh, and I think this drawing is basically saying, come on, you guys, come to peace, come to peace among humans, come to peace with us aliens, stop seeing us, stop naming us like aliens, uh, alien. If you go to the root of the Latin root of the, the word alien means other, um, what if they weren't other? but kind of family member, uh, much closer to us than, than we imagine. Um, and what if they were telling us also to come to peace with our own planet that we're for the moment still destroying with a fair amount of energy? Uh, I think this one is all about uh, peace pipes. Yeah, I, I like to consider whatever these are, our ancient spiritual ancestors. And, you know, I do believe that they are guiding each and every one of us. And uh, especially during these times where these profound changes are occurring. But that's beautiful. Anything to add to that one, Miguel? Looking at this one in, um, you know, blown up in this way, I suddenly see this as imagination like this guy is i don't know what he's smoking but it's as if it is 
uh, let's say, um, an aid to imagination. And it's as if the being is thinking about crop circles. Mm. And so it has got all these different ideas for crop circles. I mean, you know, when I look at something like that, I think, well, people must have made that or just because it's, it's, you know, there is that kind of cheesy, yeah. I mean, we've all seen the T-shirts of gray aliens smoking joints and all the rest of it, but yeah. who knows? I mean, someone somewhere knows, but that's the thing that it gives for me anyway, regardless of who made it or why, I just get this sense of the being coming up with the crop circle ideas. And that in itself, I think, is a fascinating image. Trying yeah. to imagine that, like, whatever made these, if it is from some conscious agent, some people say it's the earth made them itself. It made them. Um, but if it was made by some conscious agent that we would recognize, um, other than, you know, other than the planet, it still has to imagine the designs themselves. I mean, like this one, I mean, Philippe can talk about the specifics of this one, but it seems like someone somewhere still had to imagine this before they created it. And that imaginative process, I think, is fascinating, too. Yes, definitely. Just quickly on the previous one. Um, yeah, let me go back there. First of all, it's 200 yards from um, the road numbered A4 meaning it's one of the most important uh, national road in the UK. Uh, there is traffic all day, all night. And keeping a team of, you know, five to ten people to try to do this very quickly at night, um, they'd be spotted. Um, that's the first thing. The other thing is that um, uh, Miguel wrote, two books, one with Barbara and one on his own, about hybrids. And um, this is not an evening on the hybrids, but um, if you look at those 16 interviews, uh, what is striking is that most of the 16 are telling us, come on, you humans, you have to learn to love. Uh, you're real killers, uh, destroying your planet, destroying each other, uh, being constantly aggressive. Um, stop it. You have to grow and, and to learn quickly. And in some way, the same message is here. Um, my understanding is that when Indian tribes smoke uh, peace pipes, it's something they do with all their soul. It's a, a very strong commitment to peace. And so here you have someone suggesting to us, come on, about time to, uh, to come to peace. And the fact that, you know, you had airplanes flying above that crop circle constantly coming back from Iraq and, and Afghanistan and from war was, was a fairly significant symbol. Yeah, that's incredible. Okay, we're going to go back to this other image, 2012. 
What are we looking at here? Okay, what you see is basically um, we take over always from the same airfield in microlight planes. And about five miles from the airfield, there were <laughs> two hills covered. And uh, sorry, I have a bit of a noisy dog here. Um, we had two hills covered with um, puppies. And they were, those two hills, like real beacons. Uh, it was incredible. And each time we were flying, we could see them. And one day to photograph a crop circle, I had to fly right above one of those hills. And I thought, it's too bad. We're never going to get a crop circle into poppies because poppies are extremely delicate flowers. And a crop circle in there would, create you know poppy mash uh it would crush them and 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 be pretty ugly now i was having all that inside myself in my own head and the next day i see a smiley appear you don't see the smiley because our pictures are hiding half of the smiley but actually um on the right hand side of the picture uh, the curve uh, is, is kind of a perfect smiley. And you have a smiley 120 meter long smiling at me the day after I had flown above it, kind of laughing its head off and saying, oh, you thought we couldn't make it. And what's interesting is if you look at the detail of the circles in the middle, you'll see that the puppies are growing back in the circle. This is a picture that was taken two days later. You see that there are not too many traces of people walking and trampling the, the crop circle. And, and the puppies are growing back. It tells you how delicate these people are. And at the same time, I mean, I feel this as a kind of very personal crop circle with, with somebody up there, kind of my cousin, laughing his head off. And saying, come on, guy, you had forgotten how technically skilled we were and, and sure we can do it in puppies. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, earlier you were saying that it, it could also be, you know, messages about our, our evolution here and our consciousness. You think that any of these may be warnings or, or you know, maybe warnings of cosmic uh, disasters or impending cataclysms or anything like that? I think the main characteristic of crop circle is beauty. And as Miguel said a bit earlier, most of them generate joy. Have you seen anything tonight that looks like war, that looks like shooting, that looks like disaster? No, I think um, unity. There, there was uh, one beauty. warning, Miguel spoke about it, um, where uh, there was this message put in binary words that appeared the same year the film Sign uh, was uh, uh, made in, in America. And, uh, but it, I mean, there are thousands of crop circles uh, and very few of them are focused on things negative. Most of them are all about 
beauty and balance and uh, look at look at the beauty of the one we see in front of us this is a very strange and untypical crop circle because it appeared in november to have a crop circle you need a crop and uh, you need it not to be harvested typically the drawing disappear at harvest uh, now this crop circle appeared in a field that was made by a farmer for migrating birds and so he didn't harvest it he left it for the whole winter and a crop circle appeared in it and the farmer um, said quite clearly on social media that he would leave the crop circle if people committed not to trample the crop circle so that the seeds and the grain wouldn't fall in the ground and be lost to the birds. And he says, if you respect my field, I'll respect your drawing, kind of. Mm -hmm. And you see this drawing in, uh, photographed in November that is amazingly perfect and, and very strong. Uh, it's, it's aesthetically beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely see beauty and symmetry and balance. And, and um, like you said, 90, 95% of these uh, very, very uplifting pictures. Every time I look at this, this one as well. Yeah. This is kind of a jewel. I told you as of 2012, we didn't get many crop circle anymore, but this is, if I remember well, 2016 or something like that. And um, yeah. And uh, it's just like a jewel. Look at the geometric perfection of it. Um, it's uh, five stars, no, five-pointed stars repeated on and on again, integrated into each other. And even the flat parts are woven into, when the central part is a pentagon, there are many pentagons. Um, and you can see that even the flat parts are kind of combed to create this, this facet of a jewel, a bit like, like a diamond. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is uh, stunning. Anything uh, to add to, to these, Miguel? Honestly, no. I, I look at this and all I want to do is look and keep looking because... Mm. Every time I look at this, I find more symmetry. I find more interesting angles. I find more, more shapes within it. Like this time, as I'm seeing all of these blown up on the screen this way, I'm seeing these kites and just, and of course that immediately gives you the sense of movement. And then at the base of the, the kites, you've got these two lateral angles coming off that look like wings and I and it's a thing that I've never seen before, but I think that's one of the joys of anything artistic, anything creative, that the more time you spend with it, and depending on how you're feeling on that day, the time of day, whatever it is, you are going to have that unique experience. And and these, it's like you can always see something else in them, which I think is is part of the magic. 
It is. And I'm an artist myself. I, I used to do a lot of drawings and I know how difficult it is to get symmetrical shapes, especially when you're working with such, uh, you know, fine and, and perfect shapes like these. This, you know, even with tracing, it's sometimes hard. And I can't imagine on such a large scale working with crops and, and putting putting down crops to 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 um, to form an image so delicately that you don't even damage the crops. It's unimaginable. And something like Quite this impressive. is stunning. Yeah. Now, we've seen crop circle near the stone circle of Avery. Here you see a crop circle near a very small but perfect and very cute stone circle, which is uh, named the Rollwright Stones. It's in Oxfordshire, about, what, 40 miles north of here. Um, and... Uh, it's a very cute little circle, uh, and and there again they've placed the crop circle right beside the stone circle, and uh, it's kind of you know my old old elder brother, and I'm here your little uh, brother, but still uh, still we're part of the same family in some way. That's wonderful. And, you know, there's so many things that could be underlying there, maybe some sort of energetic connection to the stone circle. These are great. I've never, wow, this is different as well. I've, this is something quite different than I've ever seen before. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a very simple one in many ways. Uh, we kind of uh, named it the door <laughs> yeah. and uh, for obvious reasons. And the door is going to open. What's behind the door? That's the whole question. Uh, and we don't have the answer yet. And we're very curious about it. <laughs> Definitely. All right. We've got a couple more to run through before we close out today. Wow. This one is incredible. Now, this one is uh, part of the COVID crop circles. Uh, this is 2020. Uh, this is not a picture I've taken. It was taken by a drone because we were not allowed to fly and to put two people together in a microlight plane. So this is drone photography, and we're very grateful to the people who took these pictures. Because uh, you see, I told you, as of 2020, 2012, we have less crop circle. It doesn't mean that they're not beautiful. And I find this one, one of the prettiest, the most stunning we, we, we had in, in 2020. That is beautiful. And we've got one more. Uh, while I'm pulling this one up, what do you gentlemen think about the kind of ramping up in the disclosure? And I, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the mainstream where we've got the Pentagon looking at different, you know, opening different departments to look at UAPs and assess the threat of this situation. And we have the media uh, jumping in as well. And the problem for me is I don't trust uh, government or the media to, to tell me anything tr truthful about UFOs or, or paranormal because they've had a horrible track record for telling the truth about anything in general. So, you know, they're not my go-to to learn about this stuff, but I do find it interesting that the within the past few years, they've been actually talking about it, discussing it in the mainstream. And uh, to close out, I want to get your gentlemen thoughts on what could be behind it. We start Miguel. Well, 
Um, so I did the after Meet the Hybrids, I felt that the whole subject needed to be kind of brought up to date a little bit because it felt like people were still spending way too much time concerned with the kind of lights in the sky and all of that good stuff and ignoring the fact that there are people out there saying, well, I'm part ET. And they're not just saying I'm part ET, but these are people who have a profound depth and breadth of knowledge and perspective on these things and are they all insane are they all lying are they all deluded is it a mixture of all three maybe maybe there's not a single word of truth in in that book i don't know all i can speak to is the feeling that i got connecting with them the things that it opened up and triggered in myself which are all undeniable of course, I could be as deluded as anybody else, but it changed my life. And the most common thing that they talked about was love. And it was so affecting to do that work that I felt like I wanted to do a book all about the the topic at its broadest and deepest. So I did We Are The Disclosure. I interviewed a couple of dozen people for that from all different kind of areas within this this vast sort of interconnected web of, of subjects and themes and um and it's called cool. we are the disclosure because that is my feeling that the only chance we ever have of a of an authentic disclosure is people saying this is what happened to me this is my story take it or leave it it's my story it doesn't change and here's how my experiences have affected me. Now, if you look at all of that and you look at the profound physical, um, well, sometimes physical changes, but um, philosophical and spiritual development that occurs with experiences, and then you consider the way that government comes at these things, like the first thing we heard about, at least in recent times, was ATIP the Advanced Aerial Threat Identification Program. And I had said before that thing broke cover, when I was giving interviews for We Are The Disclosure, I said, look, if they talk about it at all, it's going to be couched in the, in the language of threat. That is the way that this will be presented because they're in the business of fear, right? responding to fear and and controlling people by fear pumping up their budgets through fear right there's a lot of people out there doing this work that are courageous and brave and moral and they make decisions i would never want to make but there are also people you know who are just on the make and we know through you know particularly the bush years and the iraq war all of the kind of lining of pockets that existed that took place through all of that, through inventing weapons of mass destruction and all the rest of it. Anyway, we could do a whole two-hour discussion on that alone. Yeah. But the point is that I would agree, I would never trust authority to tell me the truth about absolutely anything. It really isn't in their interest generally to tell the truth that's not their business right. so 
all we can really do is share with one another for what it's worth our experiences and our perspectives and then you know if that does somebody somewhere some good that's fantastic but i don't need to wait for any other authority figure to give me permission to share and nor should anybody else it's it's about what people feel called to share at any given time and i think I would be amazed if in the rest of my lifetime I ever see something come from the top down that is about anything other than fear. Mm. It's just not, it's just not their, their deal. And it's also bears mention that uh, free the foundation for research into extraterrestrial experiences or encounters. I forget which they did a major piece of research in which they surveyed thousands of experiences from around the world um, in a multi-stage process. And what they confirmed by the end of it is that just under 70% of experiences said their experiences ultimately, even if not immediately, were either positive or very positive. Right. So if you've got more than two thirds, if you've got basically seven out of 10 people saying that they had very positive experiences with other beings, that's got very little to do with fear. They, in fact, talk about profound spiritual growth as a result. So trying to imagine the Pentagon, the Department of Defense, the Ministry of Defense here giving a public um, uh, briefing and saying, well, okay, so, yeah, there are the, all these lights in the sky and, yeah, we have crash craft and all the rest of it. And also, you know, we've been threatening and intimidating people into silence for decades now, uh, who many of whom have actually grown spiritually in very profound ways through all of this how i mean in what world would that take place here so there's such a wild mismatch between the experiences of the majority of people with these things and as philippe said you look at these things and that is beauty you know there is there is clearly intelligence at work in these things and as we i think of have concluded it would be very, very, very difficult, if not impossible, for humans to pull off all of these. And if, and if it's not, if even one of these is made by an intelligence from somewhere else, I think the implications of that are nothing but profound. Yeah, I agree. The last thing they'd ever want us to know is that these things are helping us and trying to evolve us spiritually and evolve our consciousness. That would not be to their benefit. Uh, what are your final thoughts on this, Philippe? Well, I mean, I think we're finishing on a nice one. Uh, 2021, uh, you see the Stone Circle of Avery. Um, it's at least 5,000 year old, and I think these stones will still be there in 5,000 years. They won't disappear with COVID. They're fairly COVID proof. Um, now, the interesting thing is you see the crop circle right beside. 
We started by spiral, and here you see a very interesting spiral as well. Very interestingly, in 2007, at exactly the same spot, you see a crop circle appearing. And four students from East Bok countries traveling to the UK decide to put their sleeping bag in that crop circle. Um, and at 10 o'clock at night, when it starts to become dark, four orbs the size of footballs uh, come from the past that's on the left-hand side from those trees on the left and fly towards the four guys. And they're scared really bad. And the orbs can feel it and they stop and eventually they move forward and then they stop and move forward. And eventually one of the guys is so close to one of the orbs that he takes the orb in his hand and screams his head off. And he says to the three others, I wasn't hurt. I wasn't scared. I just didn't know so much love existed on this planet. And, um, okay, then they played with the orbs for about a couple of hours, cuddling them, throwing them from one to the other. And, uh, and at about midnight, the orbs flew back towards the trees and disappeared. Now, they had crummy little cameras. They took hundreds of pictures. Uh, you can fake one picture, but fake, you know, two hundreds of them is more difficult. And I believe their story was true. And, uh, you know, what you're talking about, Pentagon and so on. I mean, I live in the English countryside and uh, that's, that flies miles above my head. But the only thing I can say is we spoke tonight many times on how balanced these crop circles are, how beautiful they are. Some of them obviously create joy. Um, and I think it's, it's a wonderful way to communicate with humans. Uh, and uh, I think we have to learn from them. And uh, the joy that was uh, generated inside me from these crop circles was strong enough to get me to, to migrate from Belgium to the other side of the channel in the middle of Brexit, uh, it's, it's not completely logical, to say the least. And uh, still, I'm, I'm very happy I did it. And it's all because of those crop circles to start with. That's absolutely wonderful. This was fantastic. Um, I'd definitely love to speak with you both in the future, especially if you're, you're doing any more collaborations or want to add to this. Uh, before you head out, um, Philippe, let everyone know about your store, and Miguel, let everyone know where they can find all your work. Well, you can find my pictures um, on soulfood.photo. Um and our store is located somewhere in that stone circle and is named the Henge Shop, like in Stonehenge. And you'll find it at hengeshop.com. Um, and uh, yeah, you'll find, I mean, there's something everybody should know if you're interested in crop circle. The basic um address to look at crop circle is crop circle connector uh a website that exists since i think the early 80s 
and uh, where you can find kind of all crop circles from all over the planet. And uh, that's a place where to start. Then you have the crop circle of Steve, uh, the, sorry, the website of Steve Alexander, uh, temporarytemples.com. Uh, and there you'll find loads of crop circles as well. Wonderful. All right, Miguel, where can uh, the audience find your, your stuff, your website, all that good stuff? Yeah, they can find all my books on Amazon and my website. Well, there's a few there is um we are the disclosure.com there's michaelmendonza.com there is sakamiru s-o-k-a-m-i-r-u.com for my music and my youtube channel is sakamiru so it's my soundcloud thing and all my social media is all sakamiru so people can track me down pretty easy if they want to get a hold of me very good. Well, gentlemen, thank you both so much. That was fantastic. And like I said, I'd love to talk to you both again in the future sometime. Sounds great. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much. And thank right. you, Miguel. Until My next pleasure. time, everyone, have an excellent evening, and we will be talking again Monday. We'll see you all then. Enjoy the video by Draugablik, Serpents in the Mist. of his ancestors and the temples of his gods.
Ich 